Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. A silent storm begins to brew in an ancient land of darkness. With tumultuous force from the crust of the earth, two worlds come together as one from the past and the present, celebrating culture and spirit, paving the pathway to our future. It's time for dreaming. Urban dreaming. Finding your voice. Finding your spirit. Joy 94.9. Warren Jacker, Joy 94.9 would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the sovereign peoples of the past, present and future generations of the Kulin Nations on whose unceded land we work, live and broadcast from. We would also like to acknowledge all our brother boys and sister girls of the LGBTI communities. Yes, you're in Urban Dreaming. Hello, hello. This is Rami on the mic. And who's back? Oh, Maddie. Maddie's back on, on the mic. Hello, hello. Hello, Maddie. I haven't heard from you for ages. How you been? I've been really good, mate. I've uh, I've also been just sitting in the uh, in the studio here listening to Worldwide Wave and what an incredible program to come in after. I've missed it. I also, when I say I haven't heard from you in the ages, actually I've been hearing a lot of your voice but not seeing you. Because <laughs> you've been doing the breakfast show as well, AC. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was rocking out Thursday morning breakfasts for over summer but early um, starts yes yeah I'm, I'm back now i'm back excited to be on the program tonight especially because of all of the incredible guests we've got got some really great content to chat about yes great show indeed actually because we have our two amazing artists who'll be in the studio with us tonight that's uh laniuk and dakota so they're both uh well one's a spoken word artist and the other is a spoken word artist as well as a hip-hop artist and they'll be playing some of their tracks and as well as um speaking some of their poems to ah, us too deadly that's exciting yeah. isn't it can't wait for that also so we've got a yarn with um, a lady who's actually, her name is Sigrid, and she'll be yarning about the actual episode from last week's show in regards to the segment in uh, The Sunrise when they spoke about the adoption of Aboriginal children into oh, white families. What a hullabaloo that was, and hasn't it blown up? It's blown out of proportion to the extremes, and I think it's um, important that a lot of mob are doing that because it's about acknowledging countrymen and making sure we go through the right protocols and making sure there's representation. So we'll get Sigrid to have a yarn about that with us, which would be awesome, and then we'll get the guys to have a little bit of a reflection because they they've got a poem that they want to show us directly after that as well. Amazing. Yeah, and then we'll have, after that, we'll obviously a couple of good songs, our favourite tunes there, and, um, and we'll have a chat with one of the directors for this new show that we're in. All yeah. right. This show, this hour is going to be massive here on Urban Dreaming on Joy. So stay tuned, guys. We've got a great song for you right now. This is Electric Fields with Shade Away.
Hi, this is Alfie Curie. You're listening to Urban Dreaming on Joy. All right, guys, so that was Electric Fields, and that song was Shade Away. And now for those who are big Electric Field fans, we actually um, know that they're coming to Melbourne very soon on the 18th of April, and they'll be here uh, basically doing their full haunt show before they head off overseas. Oh, I'm so excited. I've missed them every single time. It's awesome. I'm their biggest fangirl. Yeah, so, um, oh, man, when I introduced Maddie to these guys, what was it, back in... April. April. April last, last year. year. There yeah. you go. It's been a full year now. Since then, I know that's all you play, isn't it? <laughs> it is actually what I play on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> love it, love it. To be honest. So, just so you know, um, last week we were reflecting back on the story of Prue McSqueen. I say McSqueen, McSqueenie. And uh, she actually had a conversation on the panel of the Sunrise segment in regards to the uh, Aboriginal adoptions to white families. Now, we're going to play a quick segment here and just get back to you after that. Another generation of young Indigenous children uh, being abused in this way and this conspiracy of silence and this fabricated PC outlook that, you know, it's better to leave them in this dangerous environment. I mean, it's just crazy to even contemplate that people could be arguing against this. Yeah. I mean, we have a responsibility. So, yes, in regards to the conversation there, we, um, we had a yarn about how things should have been done a little bit differently in regards to protocol. Um, that's something that I personally felt very, um, very hurt by because there was no representation whatsoever for the Indigenous communities, um, particularly in regards to what they said when, when Prue McSween, McSween says, oh, it's okay, you know, maybe they need this because it's something they need to do for communities because it's been going on for too long, basically. And it's like, well, hang on a sec. There was one in three uh, incidents, not even that, sorry, three incidents in the whole community that actually happened. And that caused the closure of communities. And that's the sort of thing that's what's happened to our mob. And things have been misconstrued for too long. And I wanted to just clarify, I'm not taking any sides because it's not right for me to... Um, to judge in a sense because I know our people aren't judging, judging in regards to what's happening. But we are feeling the hurt and the pain. And now it's got to that point where our people are... Uh, I guess it's, it's, you know, we're hurting and we don't need to this, we don't need this to continue. It feels like there's this, uh, a live, how would you say it? It's a, it's a live uh, stolen generation in front of us as we speak. We don't want that to happen ever again. And in regards to this conversation, we've got two artists in the studio right now. So I'll introduce Laniuk. And Laniuk is actually from a French mother and an Aboriginal father. And her mob are the Larakia and the, let me get this right, Kun Narakan. Kun Narakan, yeah. Yes, and the Gurunji father. And her poetry in a short memoir often reflects the intersectionality of her cross-cultural and queer identity. Now, she was fortunate enough to contribute to the book of Colouring the Rainbow, which we'll discuss further soon. Uh, the black queer and trans perspectives, as well as winning the Indigenous residency for Canberra's Noted Writers Festival in 2017 and Overland's Writers Residency for 2018. Lani currently lives in Melbourne, but is hoping to one day return to her hometown in Darwin. Mm, Darwin. So, Elani, now you've heard the segment before. Yes. Tell me your views on what's happened and, um, yeah, let me know what's happened. <laughs> oh, happening. we don't have yeah. long enough <laughs> to hear my views on this story. <laughs> Look, what we, what we really saw in that conversation on national TV, you know, is erasure. It's the erasure of Indigenous voice. It's erasure of, you know, Indigenous presence. And that's a, that's a huge part of the colonial structure that we're living under. And, I, you know, I think it's definitely the step towards decolonizing and the practice of decolonizing is combating that erasure you know and we're seeing that 
you know, we've seen that in the protests and, you know, Sunrise has now gone and, you know, brought on a, an all-Indigenous panel to discuss the complexity of it. But, I mean, the quest, it, regardless of whether Sunrise, is, Sunrise apologises or not, regardless of, you know, where Sunrise goes from here on in, the fact that that even happened in the first place is the issue. And that doesn't just happen on Sunrise or national TV. That happens every single day that, you know, Aboriginal people are affected by. Every single time we walk down the street, every picture that's posted about us, you know, our views and our opinions, you know, are being erased from this discussion. Where's our representation? We, had, we don't even get an opportunity to defend ourselves. Absolutely. Now we um, also, I don't know if you could hear some uh, some muffled mm-mm-ms in the uh, in the studio, but we're uh, we're not just joined by um, Lani Yuk. We're also joined by uh, Dakota. Now. There is a lot on this bio for Dakota that I can't actually pronounce, so I'm going to read the bits of his bio that I can pronounce um, so that you can get an idea as to who he is and then um, we can go from there. So where do we even start with this? So Infinite Dakota commits to the limitless potential expressing unity within nature. As creator spirits descendants in the present, Dakota Alcantara Camacho follows their echo by crafting wholeness from fragments. Dakota and their twin Aussie crack through their eggs upon the lands of the... Snohomish. Snohomish. Oh, there you go. You can... Do you, would you like to keep reading this? <laughs> <laughs> you go on, I'll fill in. Okay. And were cared for by a community of clams migrating like salmon from the rivers and mountains of Oceania to... Shwadab and Swinomish. Territory. I love this. He's filling in the bits I can't do. Alcantara Camacho tends relationships to the indigenous mind through somatosonic life ways as a student of Grupo Capoeira Angola Palmares, Calpuli Tlalot Tecutli. And hip-hop. Dakota <laughs> <laughs> graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison as a first-wave hip-hop scholar with a degree in gender and women's studies and Tisch School of Arts at NYU with a master's in performance studies. Dakota has also been the primary composer, graphic and web designer, video editor and technician for iMoving Lab, an international in- indigenous intercultural and interdisciplinary arts collective. Last year, Dakota released their first full-length album... That lot la. Meaning, Give Life, a sonic artistic mission statement to give life to the vibration of the natural world. So there's nothing he hasn't done. No, no. <laughs> Welcome. And just to top it off, so Dakota, Dakota is actually also working on the Commonwealth Games coming up. And oh, wow. I met Dakota back in the Urimboy Festival. Okay. So um, I was yeah, blown away by some of his work that I've seen at APAM. And let us know more. What do you th- what's your views on this whole topic? Oh, well, thanks very much. Uh, that was real fun uh, to play off that introduction. <laughs> yeah, a lot of introduction. fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that what the Sunrise segment demonstrates is a type of ignorance that... Um, that is actually necessary in order for the kind of Australian identity to constitute itself. There's actually a Aboriginal scholar whose name is Brian Martin who lives here in um, Birrarunga or Nam or um, what the dominating culture calls Melbourne, um, who writes about how in the European imagination had to disconnect itself from nature in order to make sense of itself. Um, and then that disconnection actually, um, means that people are, you know, disconnecting themselves from the realities that are happening, you know, in, with Aboriginal peoples. And what we see, you know, a- across the world and from, you know, because I'm, I'm not from this country, but um, I've spent time in, in Indigenous communities in, in different places. And there seems to be a real misunderstanding of, of what the impact of colonizing has had on, on our communities. And 
what the ongoing like structural colonizing is is doing to us and one of the ways that it's tr- it's trying to do that to us is to convince us that you know that we're not good enough that we don't know how to take care of ourselves you know that we don't know how to take care of our communities and our young people and these are all lies that have been kind of the foundation of colonizing since since the beginning you know and it's um it and and then we to see that the ideology perpetuated but not only perpetuated but given a platform in a you know on national television is honestly disgraceful and it's disgraceful because we're living in a moment in time where we really need to demonstrate our respect for each other and our mutual understanding for each other and it's it's just not happening for indigenous peoples because um, dominating culture just hasn't been listening to indigenous voices you know and if if they were you know some of the some of the complexities that um, sir you were talking about uh, last week you know around um, you know, I was listening to the um, the woman that was that was interviewing, talking about like the different kind of structures of um, family networks and the different ways that people take care of each other, which I'm really familiar with. Which is that you know, if your mom and dad are gone, you know, maybe your auntie looks after you, or maybe your auntie's auntie, or your cousin's cousin, or your or your older sister, or older brother. And I was raised also, you know, partially by my older sister. So that type of thing is real natural to me. But when you have another worldview come in, and that worldview is the one that is um, given the power to make the decisions at a legal level, right? And we're talking about about, um, child protective services, etc., um, and they don't have a clear understanding about what's really happening in the communities. You know, then then that creates an issue. And then the other issue is that you know we're, we're <laughs> the indigenous peoples on the planet right now. We're collectively surviving genocide. You know, and it's not a genocide that happened. It's a genocide that's ongoing. It's, mm. a, it's a genocide that is you know means that we're inside of a concrete building, inside of concrete paved streets, in this place that the dominating culture is calling Melbourne, when it's really the land of the Kulin Nation and and what impact, you know, has that had on the Kulin Nation's language, on their ability to fish from the rivers? You know, the first thing that I did when I when I landed here is I went and I greeted the Yara, and it's just so loud down there. You know, it's so loud. And I was just thinking about the fishing traps that, that used to be down there and, and how people aren't able to engage with the traditional practices. Um, and... And how that is actually disrupting people's ability to create health and well-being, you know. Um, and so when, when you talk about like what's happening in Aboriginal communities, when you're talking about what's happening in Aboriginal families, like let's not let's let's talk about how colonizing is like structurally creating um, barriers to us living in the, in the ways that we're meant to be living. Um, and that's not just us as indigenous peoples, that's us as everybody, everybody that has ancestral and traditional life ways that um, connect them to the earth and to whole, um, holistic ways of life. Yes, uh, so we're, we're actually in the studio with uh, Laniuk and Dakora, and they're both hip-hop artists and uh, spoken word poets. And I met Laniuk back at um, the Black... Black dot, Black dot Gallery. And there was a there was a poem that you read, and I just it was it really touched so many nerves on me, mm. but also the the truth in regards to what's what's happened to our mobs. Mm. Um, but also beautifully expressed the way you said it in a way that was also educational. And I'd love you to read that right now, just to give us a taste of some of your work as well. Certainly. Finger on the map. This is mine now. Flag on the hill. It's the Union Jack invading the red, the yellow, and the black. Mm. That attempt on genocide never did subside. They're busy filling the minds of black and white with lies. Let's recognise. Fuck that shit. Let's decolonize. Let's reprogram our minds and realise that we're all still slaves. Slaves to a system that took the children away, raped the women as their men lay in pools of blood. Hold up. Slaves to a system that takes our children away, rapes our women as our men sway by ropes. Powerful people, but we weren't ready. 
ready for a king that lacked integrity, ready for sickness and guns and big cities, ready to battle a man that didn't fight hand to hand but with poison and bullets and prisons? Fuck this system. Imperialism came by boat, then infiltrated our minds, arrived with the Bible, a forked tongue and a bottle of wine, no need to kill us when they're keeping us institutionalised. Mm. Now they're turning our suffering into dollar signs, turning our forest and desert into uranium mines. Mm. Meanwhile, we're placing our elders into early graves, mm. leaning in to kiss the soft greys of their heads and turning around and burying our cousins next. Tonight we stand on the unrelinquished land of the Wurundjeri, knowing always that their sovereignty was never ceded. Mm. Oh. Yeah, when we hear that sort of stuff, it's, it's hard because there is truth in what you say. You know, this, this country was taken without permission. And there was a thing of claiming land that was unoccupied, but it was. And it was never relinquished, you know? That claim was never given up. It still is the land of the Kulin nations. That's still there, you know, and I think that we really sort of have to come to terms with that. It's not just about saying, oh, yes, you know, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners. No, 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 I'd like to acknowledge the true owners mm. of this land who are continuing to live under colonisation. You know, there's a, there's a change in our, you know, national mentality that really has to happen. And this is an interesting conversation in regards to what you're saying too because I, I find, you know, being an, a modern-day Aboriginal person, mm-hmm. okay, when, when we look mm-hmm. at today's world, mm-hmm. in regards to how we... You know, we, we're obviously holding on to a lot of intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. that's continued to today. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things are happening. And, and meanwhile, we're, there's a lot of our mob who are, and I can speak on behalf of myself even, there's times when I, I find to band-aid myself with uh, ways of getting, getting a way to stop thinking about stuff that we go through. Of course. Um, but then you've got to think about um, how we speak too, because I find that particularly with this show, because we try, to, we try to show the idea of two worlds that coexist but never necessarily always come together as one to understanding. So how do we find ways to, for our, our peoples to not only to be acknowledged but also to show that point of, okay, let's, let's try work together. How do we go about this? And also, in regards to what you said, the, yeah, the owners of the land, yes? Mm. But also, I try to think today in the sense that we're not, we, are the own, we don't own the land. The land owns us. Mm-hmm. So we are really custodians of the land and we're looking ways of ways to make sure it's sustainable. Well, yes. I mean, coexisting, is it coexistence? I don't feel like I'm, I don't really feel like I'm existing. I don't really feel like I'm thriving. You know, I'm going home and, you know, I'm seeing my, my country and my culture being developed. I'm seeing, you know, when we, we talk about, you know, the stolen generation and, and we talk about another stolen generation, I don't think it's just happening in terms of child removal. Mm-hmm. I think that we're losing access to our culture mm-hmm. and access to our land. You know, there's barbed wire fences between me and my country. <laughs> you know, I'm being told about stories when moving around Darwin City and there's a Woolworths being built up. It's becoming inaccessible. I don't know if that's coexistence. And I always think if I were to hurt you, if I was to do something wrong by you, how do you heal? How do you find closure in that? There has to be a discussion between you and I where I acknowledge that I hurt you. I acknowledge that I did something wrong and then you can find a way to move beyond that. There is no acknowledgement happening here. We're, we're in national denial about what actually happened. There are people who you know, believe that the stolen generation was a good thing. There are people who believe that Aboriginal people weren't here. I've had that said to me. Oh, there weren't any Aboriginal people here when whitefellas arrived. And it's like, there is a denialism happening here. How am I supposed to heal? How am I supposed to come to terms with today's reality when you won't even accept yesterday's reality? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I really love what you're saying. And 
I've been listening to uh, a, a sister of mine, a spiritual sister of mine. Her name's Lila June, and she's uh, Diné, um, which is what the uh, the dominating culture also calls the Navajo Nation. And she was talking about healing and how she she was saying that when somebody wrongs me, I'm responsible for my healing, you know. But then that person. Um, is also responsible for their healing and their integrity because if they hurt me, that means that they're hurting, you know. And so I think when you know when you're asking about how do we come together, um, well, there's a, there's a lot of listening that you know people that are 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 benefiting from the dominating culture are going to need to do. You know, people are going to have to really start listening uh, to these words that our sisters saying. You know, and, and these aren't aren't just your words. You know, they're the words of your ancestors. You know, they're the words of your community. And across the world, I think there's there's kind of more and more ears that are turning themselves towards the indigenous voices. But if we look at the history of the last 500 years, the people, even even a little, a little bit further, the people that are connected to the earth that are the ones that can listen to what the waters are saying, listen to what the trees are saying, um, you know, those voices have been um, silenced, marginalized, and, and violently killed, you know. And something that Lila's taught me a lot about, too, is expanding our, our definition of indigenous. So if we look at the history that happened in Europe with the, the burning and dismembering and maiming and raping of, of women, you know, those women were um, were people that were connected to their earthways, to their lifeways that connected them to the natural world. And and I think that that's one of the things about the indigenous voice coming forward right now, you know, in this age of mining and technology and the development of our sister's land in Darwin and, and, and also in, in my territory, too. You know, I think, how do we listen to the earth? You know, if we want to talk about coexistence and coming together, um, like, let's come together with, with the earth, because that's where our life comes from. So that's on the conversation with Laniuk and Dakota. Uh, we'll be right back with you guys. We're on Urban Dreaming and uh, you're on Urban Dreaming. <laughs> and um, we'll be right back with another conversation with a lady who's um, going to give us a bit more insight into what's happening at the moment. In the beginning 
Two Worlds Collide by Katajala Kiridara or uh, Sandhill Women as they're known. You're on Urban Dreaming here on Joy. I'm Maddie. Saying, oh, sorry, and Sarami. <laughs> Just got me on the, on the spot there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. All good. Um, so we're about to have a conversation with a lady named Sigrid Herring. She's actually a Gomoroi woman. Um, she's a proud mother of two great children and a passionate community member. Um, who lives and works and raised by the family of Darug Country um, in Sydney. For 30 years, she's uh, worked with the families in family support and community development. And for the last 20 years, she's been community-based, set, um, settling in and 10 years training for the Aboriginal workers for their health. And just recently back to the NGO, um, which is the, also the community legal sector um, and community in engagement. Are you on the line there, Sigrid? Yeah, hello, everyone. Hi. Thank you so much for offering your time for us. Thanks. Um, so it was really interesting to, um, just in regards to this segment that was mentioned on Sunrise about the Abo- um, Aboriginal children being adopted to white families, and it's caused a bit of stir in the communities as well as um, national news, and we'd love to hear your point of view and, and what's actually happening as we speak in regards to this situation. Yeah, it, it was a, it's a terrible shock um, as an Aboriginal person, an Aboriginal mother, and imagine if you were an Aboriginal child mm-hmm. listening to sunrise and Mm -hmm. listening to people that you should be able to trust and look up to talk about having children adopted to um, non-Aboriginal families because they might be raped or neglected or abused. Like strong language for for families and unfair language for Aboriginal families to be listening to in their lounge rooms. That, you know, that's that's the kind of shock and abhorrence that people feel about that. And in terms of you know how we look at that in Australia, we are 200 years down the track of trying to find some sort of fairness in you know 200 years ago losing country, you know being uh, regarded as nothing, called terra nullius, and then being you know like having you know more than 100 years of murder and massacre to deal with, then locked up and excluded in missions and reserves. Then we have the stolen generations. And so we have, you know, 10 or 9 generations of children, Aboriginal children, socialised in that kind of dehumanising horror. Um, You would call it terrorism. 
And then in the last few years, since like 1975, when we had the Racial Discrimination Act come in, we've had a little bit more fairness and a little bit of, you know, looking at what we could do for Aboriginal people and children. But only tiny 1.5 generations of people have, have been in that time. And still we've got this undercurrent in Australia of just racist rhetoric. So in regards to the stolen generation, now the conversation was saying from uh, Prue McSwinney's point of view that it's just, it's the best thing for the children. It's about the children. She kept expressing this. And the point is, if it's about the children, so, so well then why are the children being put into non-Indigenous communities where they don't learn their culture yeah. and they don't learn anything about their spiritual spirituality in regards to ceremony and in regards to connection to culture and communities? Yeah. But we, we continually fail to resource Aboriginal families mm-hmm. to be able to survive that trauma, heal from that trauma and look after their own children. Mm-hmm. But we fail to do that. As a wider, broader community of people, we don't do that. We just keep throwing money at uh, programs, funding them for a year and a half, taking the money away. Um, oh, it's an endless complexity of why those kinds of things don't make any difference for people. You know, in, if we were to ask Australians about their common beliefs of Aboriginal people, we'd have the same list of things on the board in, you know, 1900 as we do now in 2018. People maintain those belief systems that they have underneath about Aboriginal people and we don't do anything about resourcing people properly. Yes, yeah, so... We don't um, do anything about that trauma. Last week we also we spoke in regards to the, the concept of when Aboriginal people were first taken away and what happened was yeah. there was, a, there was obviously a, a different cultural way of what they believe what was the right way and what was wrong for our people but not seeing exactly how the living ways of Aboriginal people were to begin with. And their way was to say basically in a nutshell the kids are running around, they're, they're, they've got, you know, there's nowhere for them in regards to they're not being looked after. Um, we need to make sure these kids are looked after and, and, and taken in as well as being educated. But there was an uh, interesting con- a conversation we had with one of the, um, the ladies on the phone as well, Jessica Lindsay, and she referred to it as a misunderstanding due to the fact that young children were running freely but also being watched over by their elders. And yeah. this was, you know, obviously, uh, I guess, misconstrued again through what they believe what was the right way and the wrong way. But now that we know how, I guess, today's modern world works and how we're supposedly getting to the point of this is the way it is standardly now, what, yeah. do, what is your views in regards to how, I guess, how do you find things to be today um, in contrast to what it was back then? Um, when we're training, we often say something like, um, if I'm running a group of parents, Aboriginal people, I might say, if you're Aboriginal, you have to know you come from very good things. And for a lot of Aboriginal people, they've lost sight 10 generations ago of what life might have been like back in the day, you know, but before invasion. And what, one thing to know about that is if we had a just world where we put... Um, you know, that European society of the time and the Aboriginal society together, we would have chosen Aboriginal child-rearing ways because they were really superior to the ones that, um, you know, of the people that came here in 1788. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, um, Aboriginal kids were born into the heart of their communities. There are dreaming stories all over the place that talk about how whole groups of adults will be punished if harm came to Mm -hmm. a child at all. Um, 
the the telling thing in it is um, in journals of early Australian, like European settlers, they talked about Aboriginal ch- people love their children too much. And the other telling thing is that in when you know um, Australians got here, there weren't any children in Aboriginal Australia down no coal mines. They weren't working their little fingers to the bone in mm. factories, and they weren't mm. being transported across the sea for stealing food. They weren't orphaned. Um, within weeks of that invasion, that settlement, there were orphaned um, European children and they were called currency kids and they were being looked after by Aboriginal people around Sydney. So we like the aspirations that we have for children in childhood and their innocence and the uh, right to be safe and to grow um, and be nurtured by everyone in your community or be attached and connected uh, we already had that going on in 1788 and the group of people that came here did not those aspirations are new to um, European society they were people who did not care for their children properly yeah, it seemed that, um, you know, when in their mighty um, wisdom when they came over, their perception became our reality. And 228-ish years later, we've had a, a lot of knockbacks and a few tiny steps forward and then obviously been thrown back, you know, yeah. quite a few generations yeah. by what um, our friends at Sunrise um, did last week. What what do you think that, um, that Australia as a nation need to do to move forward in uh, reconciliation or move forward in, in a way to ensure this doesn't happen again? I know it's a silly question because we have the answers, but, you know, sometimes it needs yeah. to either be spelled out or, you know, maybe there's a, there's a new option out there. What would you like to see happening? I'd like to see a true acknowledgement of the losses and the terrors that Aboriginal uh, families and parents have had to survive in over those over those ten generations. And I'd like to see Australians um, be grateful and thankful for um, the land that they've stolen that they live on that they live good lives on. You know, like we're a thriving society these days, and yet. The people who have sovereignty on that land are still at the bottom of our social pile. Well, that is um, untenable in terms of, like, we need to write that stuff and we need to find that recognition and that acknowledgement. And we need to start treating Aboriginal people like returned soldiers, Um, you know, with um, not just closing the gap medical, but gold medical cards where people... um, can be resourced and have the resources that they need to keep their children at home. Um, You know, no one's ever going to say, don't protect the child. I'm never going to say that. No no Aboriginal parent is ever going to say, we don't want to see our children safe and happy and healthy. Um, But we would like to see our own communities resourced to the point where we can care for those children ourselves. So, Sigrid, just in the studio... that means... Sorry. Sorry? You, sorry, I was just sorry. saying, in the studio, um, it's, it seems to be like um, there's, a, there's, you know, obviously what's going on nationally on television as well as what's going on in, in um, conversations after and what's been happening due to the protests at the front of uh, Martin Place. Um, we've, 
we've had a we've got a couple of artists in the studio who've also been reflecting on what you've been saying and i'd love to yes. just uh give the mic for a moment to dakota to show his poem thank you um and have a listen to what he's uh, got to offer thank you Thanks um, so much, Sindrid. This was some really powerful uh, words that you were sharing, and um, just want to share these um, these words, which came um, from the ancestors, and I think speak to uh, what you're talking about, and are hopefully um, a gift to uh, to the people of this land. Um, yeah, um, it's really. Um, yeah, what you're saying is really important um, about the the way that we give recognition um, to what has happened, um, and we find a way um, to heal, and we actually resource that healing. Um, and I think that our poetry and our creativity is a really beautiful uh, way that we can do that. So I offer these words um, with that prayer. Liberation is choosing self-respect in every breath and nothing less. Because we don't need ratchet friends named self-hate. Instead, we use our actions for compassion, moving in a love light through one mic, amplifying the frequencies as speaking the truth. Give thanks for our roots, because where would we be without them? Don't doubt them after all they've bursted through, working to give birth to you. What's worse than you denying the prayer that sent you flying out of the womb? Don't you dare make a tomb out of your breath. Accept that you are blessed and make a home out of your life. Don't chill on the front steps with self-consciousness the whole night. Come inside. Make yourself comfortable with yourself. <laughs> you don't need a mirror to see any clearer. You've got a third eye that's receded into your brain because they say it's no longer safe to follow your heart. So we must look deeply inwards and learn to love the dark parts because it's about time that we did because the earth is dark and you are made of her because the infinite darkness is what Pontan traversed to find this place for you and for me to claim. And this is an ancient love. So take a risk and believe that love exists. Because love, you came from this. Because your ancestors had a vision and you are it. So switch on your inner light and let it guide you. Because you are the sun and the universe of possibilities revolve around your daily choices. And your choices, well... You have no other choice. Mother Earth is about to kill us unless we find the courage to heal us. So will you cower or assume your power? You are the fruit of God. Don't turn sour. But even if you did, my grandmother would still eat you with a little bit of doni. That's hot pepper. Because the old people in my family know gratitude in a concentration camp. No thankfulness after 400 years of foreign occupation. After 68 nuclear bombs have risen over the horizon of our disregarded humanity. We still know family. Because no missiles whistle louder than our creation songs. And it doesn't take a bomb to know this. And you would notice if you opened the heart and your ears. Fear of disconnection does not make it wrong to connect. You are native to breath. And yes, there is magic in the air. And you have a gift. And it would be unfair if you don't share. Don't be scared of yourself. 
Who does that help? Not you, and definitely not anyone else. This is your life, and you are 98.6 degrees of light. So shine bright like a diamond, like the sun in a lion's mane. You are the sixth sun rising, man. A new day is coming. There is no use in running. There is one choice. Because all life is sacred, and you are life, and you are sacred, and there is a spiritual evolution that is begging for your creation, and you are creator, and this poem is your reflection. It's a prayer for your power, asking you to step in. There you go. That was the Kota with his beautiful, beautiful poem. And Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, I, this is why I find sometimes, you know, as much as we can speak and we can talk and, and we get angry, there are ways that we can talk to one another, and that's through the arts. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. you know, I think, um, I guess, and the why I mention this is because there's a lot of angry people right now there's a lot of yeah. lot of hurt people, and in regards to the, the Sydney Morning Herald, um, there was a conversation which happened on the media, media watch, um, and it shows the demonstrators who are holding placards and banging in the studio glass windows um, and chanting "Leave the kids alone," and at this stage, they're, what they're doing is they've actually just stopped completely. They've, they've blocked out anything in regards to these protesters being seen or heard, and the chanting <coughs> is um, not heard within the soundproof studios. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's only so much that we can scream, I guess. So, to finish off, Sigrid, how do you think we can find ways to to get our message across but to not be angry? Um, I, I really think we can go straight to Aboriginal culture because um, even though what we're witnessing when we see people protest like that are, are the... It, uh, is trauma. We're witnessing people who are, have been traumatised and who are rageful and angry. But if we look back to our own cultural ways, um, we can see that all our law is in our art, our dance, our song, our story, our narrative. And we've lived in this country for 65,000 years in harmony, up to 600 different cultural groups living together, uh, trading, uh, rearing happy healthy families i think that we just need to um look back to what was the poem your ancestors had a vision ours did too we just need to look to that again well i guess a natural natural response as a human human condition but i find that um, what's happening with anger is actually not being seen as something that that people want to listen to and protests are a part of that you know protests um i can be angry yeah um, yeah. But, you know, it's got okay. to that point of we also find that we need to find other ways that we can get a message across, um, I yeah. guess. And it's, it's hard. It's hard, isn't yeah. it? But thank you for your time, Sigrid. We have to um, finish off there with you, unfortunately. But, um, it's thank be, you for yeah. listening. That yeah. was great. Thank you so yeah. much for your time. So that was Sigrid Herring, guys. And um, you're on Urban Dreaming. The time is 8.51. We're in the studio with Dakota and Laniuk spoken word poets and hip-hop artists, and Maddie.
Hey, this is Joe Williams, former NRL player, professional boxer, and you're listening to Joy 94.9. Stay deadly with Urban Dreaming. Thank you, Joe Williams. What a deadly fellow he is. So you're on Urban Dreaming, so stay tuned. We've got also a couple of more poems, and, yeah, maddie has got something to tell you. Oh, I do, yes. Well, we've uh, we've got Dakota and Laniuk in the studio, and uh, Laniuk has um, done some reflection about what we've been talking about, the sunrise, um, you know, taking the kids away from uh, our families and communities into white homes, and uh, Laniuk's written a, a poem about her feelings towards that, so take it away. Clear black bodies off black land. Clear back voices off of air. No air time for these black mouths to breathe. No TV time for these black eyes to see. No contribution to this morning's national story. No presence in your history. You've been dictating what happens to our mob since your boats arrived. No mention of murder or genocide. Assimilation works to institutionalise, leaving our stories of violence, media erasing our voices of defiance, green screening the protest, fuck sunrise. So the country hears your lies and believes. Like that task force for the Sudanese, like a cop gonna know the difference between Sudan, Ethiopia and Mozambique. Like leaving refugees drowning out at sea, but fast-tracking white South African visas, please. Like this government ain't racial profiling. We're living under white supremacy. Erasure is the tool of the colonial. Fool everybody into believing and misconstrued lie so we can't see what's going on inside. Clear black bodies off black land. Now the land, air and sea is for the white man as though all our loss wasn't enough. Don't talk about us without us. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Honey, that so was incredible. You just wrote that before. I wrote that today, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, beautiful. Yeah, feeling a lot of emotions about all this conversation, obviously. Yeah. Of course, goodness of course. me. And uh, like Sigrid was saying, it is um, you know it's it's going back to our roots, to our culture, to our country, and you know the way that we deal with things is through our our dance and our language and our song, and you know coming together in sovereignty there. And with what you've been talking about here, I went today to an awesome um, exhibit, which if you're listening, it falls in line with everything we've been talking about. It's called Colony Frontier Wars, and it's on at the NGV Australia um, at Fed Square. Um, and it is the frontier wars from uh, the perspective of white colonisers and also of the Indigenous people, um, and it just is the most incredible um, exhibit I think I've been to in a really long time. The beautiful thing is that um, the Indigenous part of the exhibit is free, so everyone should go and check that out. Um, just what we've been talking about, about um, oppression and the frontier wars and the stolen generation, and, you know, it is so... Uh, prevalent now as it was back then and the installation art and the paintings and the photographs and the the energy in there is palpable and everyone should go and see it mm. and it's relevant to what's happening today you know Absolutely. it's not just in the past it's actually happening right now as we speak and for those you know it is pretty heavy topics that we're talking about as well so just know that there is someone there for you in case you have no one at all you can definitely get in touch with lifeline australia and this is in crisis support or any mental help um in discussion that you might need so feel free to call that number because that they are there to help um listen to you and the number there is one three double one one four that's one three double one one four that's lifeline australia we'll go i'd love to finish off with one more poem if that's okay if we can get the kota to do one more is that cool yep totally yeah 
it's uh, going to be a quick version of it, so we'll see. We'll see what we can do. But um, so yeah, my ancestry is from a place that is called Guahan, but the dominating map likes to call it Guam. Um, so I, I came up with a little, uh, little fun uh, way to approach that, um, and we're going to get the track rolling for y'all in just one second. Yep. Um, can I get more of that track in the headphones? It's so cliche for a rapper to say. Oh yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's like. I don't wanna be from Guam no more I'm not from Guam, I'm from Guam It's the place that they call Guam As if I pronounced it wrong, no I don't wanna be from Guam no more I'm not from Guam, I'm from Guam It's the place that they call Guam But it's also where they drop in bonds I woke up in Lenape Hokin Breathing in the breeze that my Tellurati posted from a relative Inspired by the elements that raised me My mother's water broke on the sacred sailor's sea Where Papa found a plot to propagate a garden My umbilical departed in my fontanelle It hardened up my soul Where I learned to flow with J. Reindeer My Kia, Ab Creole, Lock and Road Now I'm sipping sexy beast At a cafe down the road Stretching from Tweet Web across the rainbow bridge to home Solemn view to prayer Sitting Kutsing, Uida, Hauba Sitting Umisa, I'm drinking loose leaf tea Made a rooibos from the Khoisan mountaintop Where we party with the Zulus and clairvoyants Feeling buoyant as the clouds gathered When spoke in the howl tattered by the grounds Patterns there was cliff lines of fresh springs Refreshing the homies who know me Meanie with Tony across the globe We connecting through investing and flowing Prayers and ancient tongues letting them heal What was done to us Spirit runs through us with thunder rust rhythms Risen from soil our skin is akin to From Sweden, Ojibwe, Eora And every country I've been to Blood memory lived through every trauma it's been through So watch this space The sacred fire's flame is blue and purple Drawn circles of the old ones Because they told us we've been chosen to send you Unite in the bones and the muscles The stone doesn't struggle, owns a role in the puzzle Alone or in bundles, birthing twins When they crumble in the lodge Sweat dripping from my eyebrows, I'm singing these songs The spirit in you knows ritual is never lost So hold a shard and carry on with your chance to the gods there you go. Woo! Nice. Nice work. That was Dakota. <clears throat> Unfortunately, we have to go, guys. This is it. Urban Dreaming. Thank you so much for your time, guys. And if you want to check them out, go onto Facebook under Laniuk and Dakota. <laughs> been listening to Urban Dreaming with your hosts Sue Rummy and Miss Elanius, a show that aims to bridge the gap and close the divide. You can stay up to date by adding us on your Facebook and download the podcast from joy.org.au. Urban Dreaming on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.